like an hour? Yeah. I'm gonna get as long as you want. Okay, let's do the full day then. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm down. I'm down, man. I'm gonna okay. do a little intro for you just in case people don't know, because people don't know either one of us, really. More Not people really. don't know either one of us than do know us. Yeah. Um, you're Riley Porter. You I am. do a whole bunch of uh, odd job stuff, I'm going to say. That's not your title, but I'm like slowly throwing enough stuff at you. You're like, dude, I got to figure all this out. Um, so you're like the right-hand man, I'm going to say. That's the title I'm going to go with. You're helping with so much of the back-end stuff with me, and you've made a lot of this online stuff possible for me. So um, you're also the uh, co-accelerator program mentor. Yeah. Um, interesting things about Riley, he, he loves hardcore, and he would prefer to do a single-arm farmer's carry over a burpee. Yeah, I would. I love that shit. <laughs> I know, man. I feel like my uh, my resume, now that you're, like, talking about talking about what I do, I feel like it's like a, like a, a receipt at the pharmacy. Just long. <laughs> Just like, what does he do? He does a little oh, bit of everything. Cool. Yeah, you're like, shit, what did I buy here? You're like, well, just it's easier if you just, you know, you can get the after product and, uh, and I'll end up showing you everything. Yeah, I'll tell you what I don't do. Dude, that is hilarious, like a receipt. Yeah. Man, that's 100%. You, you need that as like a tag or something. That's really funny. Actually, yeah, yeah that's going to be the Instagram bio. I'm going to switch that up, actually, like after. Oh, yeah, it got me thinking about that. That's super clever. Man, I was even I was even thinking about this, like, so I had a friend call me uh, the other day out of the blue, just catching up, and he's like, have you heard of this guy that uh, does all this certain training with like with knee range of motion, and he has this specific emphasis on training and this specific methodology, and he's been on Joe Rogan, and he's been on Mark Bell, and he's been on all this, and I'm like, yeah, I totally know who you're talking about. So he was like, what do you think of these methodologies? And I was like, okay, so you're talking about the knees over toe guy, knees over toes guy, and mm-hmm. I was like, I, I've seen some of this stuff. Uh, it's all, it's all great. And uh, he was like, well, "Do you train like that?" And I said, "The interesting thing about this is a lot of his methodologies I learned from a chiropractor that taught a course like nine years ago. It was like one of the first courses I ever took." Really? Um, so it, it's like it's not revolutionary stuff, but to your to your point of like creating like a buzzword or creating something that's like catchy or funny. It's like all the information is out there about, especially about training. I mean, oh, the, yeah. the industry is certainly emerging and there's stuff changing. But like, for instance, a lot of the stuff that this guy's talking about, like it's not, uh, it's not as if he's creating it. He's not, he's not saying that he's like, you know, the innovator of these things. He's just popularizing an idea. It's kind of like, I don't know, maybe it's like carnivore diet or fasting. Yeah. Like people just sort of latch on to an idea and they just sort of identify with it which is really neat but it also shows like the power of like picking a niche yeah oh yeah and it, it it's branding too like i was looking at um okay are you are you familiar with osho and well you'd know wim hof method okay yeah. like you know the rapid breaths um if you ever watch like wild wild country on netflix um i i really liked osho i've liked osho for a while read a lot of a few of his books and shit and he used to do those breathing techniques, like the ones that like almost put people into like seizures and like those weird euphoric states. Like right. he was doing that forever. And it's like Wim Hof is just commodifying it in a different way. And, you know, he's doing the cold exposure. It's like how what are what are those certain little uh, tweaks that make your your strategy work? Right. And it's uh, it's kind of just the packaging of it at the end of the day. And like, you know, certain things are going to work for different types of people or like um We've, have you uh, gone into raw meat experiment yet on Instagram? No, it's not an account I follow. Okay, well, it's kind of gross, but it's also <laughs> kind of funny. This guy like just does raw meat, raw eggs, and he'll go into random like food courts and just eat it. Like it's just weird, but it's all like grass fed, you know. And he's like, you know, cleaned up his like his skin and like it's it's crazy what it's done for him. And I'm not saying I'd go eat raw meat, but. It's you now it's it has and he was on Mark Bell too recently and it's like talking about these like old ideas that people have been doing for a long time but it's like repackaging it in a really digestible way makes things so much easier right? I think so, man. I think that might be what it is. is yeah. That what it is? Like it's just like here's an idea. 
Yeah, and like, yeah, and it's it's weird enough. Like thinking about ad strategies and like I'm I'm thinking about ad strategies now. You got I'm like, you know, everyone has these like weird. Like everyone will sell you a strategy. Everyone will sell you like, oh, this is what's going to make you a millionaire. This is what's going to sell you something online. Um, but it's like they're all mostly the same strategy. It's like what works for you because it's like they all like there's basic advertising fundamentals that works for a lot of like lead generation shit like that. And I'm I'm sure it's the same in fitness. Like we're talking about that. It's like this this chiropractor you know taught you all these things that this guy already talks about. So mm-hmm. like what like there's nothing new it's like but what really what works for you and it's about sticking to that strategy which is kind of weird for people i don't think a lot of people stick to strategies that's that's what i've been learning over the last last couple years too it's like people just don't like sticking to something i think you're i think you're totally right like uh i I can totally name even for myself like even with training programs i i switch between training programs frequently or train for something different frequently uh and you know what's really interesting you say that is this uh, this five uh, five steps that I've been putting out that you and I are yeah. discussing a little bit more depth. That's that's the one thing that I feel like was consistent, and I've come back to that without even realizing it. Yeah, so it's like you have your framework, and that's yeah. that's a lot of things where it's like I don't think people experiment enough to get their framework, and I I'm starting to find out where my my framework in life is, where it's like what like what matters to get me to my goals like where where what's relevant what's not relevant and like i think people don't always think about that it's like you know some people are like oh shit i'm gonna lose a bunch of weight jump into keto and then some people go oh i, I can go to like tim ferris's slow carb diet and and it's it's a wild one to think about too because like if you go listen to like i'm like i know i'm just throwing a bunch of names out here all the yeah. time uh but it's like you look at tim ferris he talks about like how he'll switch diets all the time like sometimes he'll go to do a keto diet for a while and then he'll go back to his slow carb diet but he like knows his framework and what his goals are so it's like if he knows that oh i want to lose weight and keep maintain energy but i don't mind losing muscle maybe he goes to one diet or you know like he knows what he yeah. needs it's like I think it, it's it's interesting the farther you get into it, and especially like training training with you, I'm like starting to figure out where my where my weak points are and where I can push and where I can't push. And then you know now that I've been training a lot more and we've switched my programs up, uh, especially like fitness wise. By the way, if people don't know, I do train with Josh as well. Um, <laughs> it's uh, but like you start to figure out where you're like what what works and what doesn't work because for a long time there was like a certain way i'd break down reps that would work for me for bench but it wouldn't work for squats and it wouldn't work for deadlifts and and i always knew that would work but now bench is bench is like just working different for me now weights are going up but knowing the frameworks helps because then you kind of yeah i i don't know i'm just like thinking about this where it's like it's not necessarily the specific strategy but like where are your frameworks to get to your goals yeah I don't know. I'm just hopping around mentally. I, I feel like I yeah. haven't talked to many people today, so I'm just like, all right, just let Riley get all his ideas out in like one go. This is it. We just flush the ideas out. Yeah. Um, so to your, to your point there, like basically how I would figure out a training program is, you know, I have the conversation with you initially and touch points, of course, you as a client. Mm-hmm. And we talk about what some of the obstacles were. So you're like, well, my back, it's, like buggered up every so often, then I have to, you know, take time off or whatever. And that's the case for a lot of people. So like that was an obstacle. And that's the, that's the second step in my five steps. It's like figure out a goal. So that's, you know, one thing with you, it's like, where do you want to go? And that's a natural conversation Mm -hmm. with with anything. It's like, anytime you talk to anyone you hire or coach, you know, even anytime I talk to you, you need to know like, well, what direction are we going? So I know how to help you. And then, depending on what it is, it's like, what hasn't been working? Or, you know, you could probably tell me in, in marketing and in my business, like, these are the things that aren't very efficient, maybe, or maybe you haven't stuck with them long enough or whatever. So understanding those obstacles, and then it's like, what are you willing to sacrifice? So back to you, it's like, well, you're not going to go to the gym for like three hours a day. No. Um, so you're like, you know, I just wanted to fit into my lifestyle. So there's certain things that I'm not willing to sacrifice. And that's really important to notice and to be aware of. My speaker shut off. Man, I was listening to a wicked 
Destiny's Child Deep House remix before this. That sounds really good. I'm really into the really Deep good. House. Dude, it's sick. I just popped on because the speaker reminded me that it was planned. It was great. <laughs> sure, after. Oh, good, please. Um, yeah. <laughs> Millennials, man. We need those remixes of the early 90s. I love anything house, drum and bass. I love yeah. rave music. Yeah, it's sick, man. I love it too. Um, and then just to finish my point, so it's not totally zippy. Or yeah. I'm not too buzzy. Then it's, um, then it's figuring out where you are now, right? So, like, for you, it would be, like, you know, what can you squat? What can you bench? What can you deadlift? Where, where do you think your back, like, where is the tolerance of your back? Right. If that's, if that's an issue and then it's like, cool, like that's develop a strategy. Yeah. I mean, and it, that's so simple. You're like, obviously, man, like, obviously we need to go over this stuff, but it's like, that's, that's the framework. Yeah. That's my framework. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it's an interesting one too. Like, I, I think even specifically where it's like right now, it's like, if I can balance fitness into my life without it being like, cause I used to be like a three hour a day gym guy just cause I needed something to do. Like it was yeah. like in university, I just need something to break up my day. So I just go sh- bum around the gym for a while. Um, yeah. but yeah, now it's like, we're working all the time. So it's like, what, how are you going to make it work? And now the gym doesn't feel like an interruption. Cause like Mondays are always like long days, like morning till bedtime pretty much work. So it's like, just dip off in the afternoon for two hours and do my warm up and then hit the weights and then come home. And then, yeah. you know, Wednesday's cardio and then Friday's whatever. And I'll throw yoga or in or whatever, do some, go for some walks or whatever. And it's like, it doesn't feel like an interruption. And especially with diet too. I like switching up diet was, that was a hard one. It wasn't hard. It's not hard now, but switching diets really hard. If you're like, I was talking to a lot of people about this too, but it's like, if you're hooked on processed food, that's a really hard one to get off. And I don't think people realize, like, obviously nutrition is different for everyone, but it's like, mm-hmm. I don't think, like, myself included, didn't realize, like, how unbalanced your diet is until you kind of do it. And then it's like, I don't think people realize either what affects their moods as much as they think it does. Like, if that sentence made sense, you know? So you're like, saying you think, like, overall people don't have a maybe a great awareness of no. what affects their food? No, because like there's people I know and like myself included, I can't like, I can only eat like, if I'm going to have a lot of carbs, they have to be at the end of the day. Like my morning has to be protein and fat and then like either fruit or vegetables in the morning and maybe a little carbs, like, like a slice of sourdough bread, maybe it's like really weird to get into that. And you're like, Oh geez. Like I actually have energy throughout the day now and I don't get hungry. You but, get used to feeling a certain way, right? Oh, yeah. Like, because before it was, like, just insane brain fog midday. Um, and now it's, like, I can work out that work that out in about five minutes. Like, if I just, like, refocus on breath and it's, like, it's not unbearable now. It's, like, oh, I drink some water, get up, go for a walk for ten minutes and then come back to it. And it's, like, oh, I'm fine. And it's, like, yeah, I'm pretty, yeah. And it's, like, alcohol, too. I, like, I cut alcohol mostly now. Like, I still, I'll have a drink here and there, but... Like that, that messes with you so much too. Yeah, it does, man. I, I agree with that. It. I agree with that totally. I think I don't know what it is. I think it, you know, it's it's a sign of maturity and just taking kind of ownership over your life too, and be like, you know, I'm in, like, I'm the one, I'm the leader of my own life here. Like, yeah, I need to make these decisions if I want the change. Yeah, the alcohol is a big one, and so is processed foods. Over your point, like, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. it's really weird, like. So many things that are everyday ideas that are sold to you that it's okay, but you realize how much it's slogging you down. Like I start, like if I stop drinking for two weeks, almost all my joint pain goes away. Like I don't get sore mm. after workouts. Like it's wild. Mm. Like if I have three days where I have like two beers a day where I'm like, you know, just visiting, like, you know, going to the bar to beat people, like, you know, meet fucking friends or whatever and you just like you wake up and you're like you just feel like you got hit by a bus it's weird yeah i'm wondering what that is because like there are lots of studies and i don't even know the legitimacy legitimacy of the studies that shows that like well we've all heard like moderate alcohol consumption is associated with like increased cardio health cardio or cardiac health 
Yeah. But then there's also some studies I'd, I'd want to dig into them to show that uh, like moderate alcohol consumption is supposed to lower inflammatory markers. So I'm like, yeah, but like I, I've, I've never felt like better from even a low alcohol consumption diet. No. Like, and... It's either like take it right out or have it less, like still just decrease it. Yeah. Um, like I know Michaela Peterson, I don't know how much you follow her, but she like pushes carnivore diet big, but she can only drink bourbon. That's like, Oh, one where I'm like, obviously like, I don't have like autoimmune issues or anything like her, but mm-hmm. it's like, obviously that seems to like, like carbs and like having a really sporadic diet really affects that. But it's like, she can only drink bourbon. And I'm like, that makes sense. I can pretty much only go like distilled liquor if I want to not feel anything the next day. Oh, really? I can't like go like on a bender, but I can have like two yeah. drinks and I'm fine. Interesting. That's uh man. That's really good awareness. I don't know yeah. that I, I don't think I have my liquor down to an understanding and mainly cause I don't experiment enough. Yeah. It's I like, I don't know. It's just, I don't know. I, like wine just wrecks me and I love wine, but you know, it, it's mm. whatever. <laughs> that Maltese blood, man. Yeah. Yeah. Just want to, yeah. I just like wine, but bourbon, whatever. I, I, I could settle with bourbon. Can't complain about that. Man, bourbon's really good, actually. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. I had a, I went to a buddy's place in, uh, in the men's group the other night, uh, like maybe two weeks ago, and I brought a bottle of scotch over that I had as a gift, McCallum's. Mm-hmm. Yeah, scotch. Or do you drink scotch at all? I like scotch, too. Yeah, I figured you did. So this is like a nice bottle of scotch. So I, I just brought that over because I didn't want to come empty, empty-handed. And we had an old fashioned, and I haven't had an old fashioned in like quite a while. Yeah. And uh, what was the bourbon you had? Uh, is man make or uh, Maker's Mark? Maker's Mark, yeah. Yeah, that's good. I like Dude, that bottle. So good. Yeah, it's it's um. Un, un, I don't know if they're underestimated. I might be totally up to lunch with that, but to me, they were underestimated. Like how much, how nice it is to have like one cocktail. Yeah, I think, like, the classic cocktails, if we're talking about them, it's, like, you got, like, the ones that are, like, the majority of them is just liquor. Those are the ones that are the best. Like, they just amplify the already really good flavor profile. Yeah. Uh, it's great. Yeah. Do you, uh, do you like martinis? Because that's another one that would be... Surprisingly, that's not a drink I really drink. Like, I should, I should try them because I really like vermouth and I really like gin. I don't mind yeah. vodka if it's good. Like... Like, you know, I'm not opposed to any of the ingredients in them, so I probably should drink them. The glasses just seem inconvenient to me. Yeah, they are, man. The weirdest shape ever. It's like, I feel I feel okay with a normal glass. Like, I have yeah. the uh, deck clarity at this point. Yeah, like, I have a hard so, enough time with anything with a stem, so it's, yeah. I don't know. You're used to gripping a barbell and, like, torquing it, and then to hold, like, a, like a tiny little glass. Yeah, it's not right. You know, have you had the, uh, the Black's Distill, or Black's, distillery gin yeah i think i had a little bottle of it i really like it it is unreal man yeah when you get into gin it's like that's a weird world too because you're like oh man gin like it kind of like i don't know the queen drinks that shit (laughs) but (laughs) now i think so i think it's gin and champagne not mixed but i believe those are her two two beverages yeah you'd have to that'd be a high stress job like, not that that's the best way to deal with stress, but at that point, why not? Like, you're, like, 85. Just go full send. Have a, have have a, a nice cocktail for granted. Like, I can't see her cracking, like, a Budweiser being, like, no. what a stressful yeah. fucking day that was. No. Yeah, that's yeah, that's not the way to do it. Yeah. Not put back a six-pack of tall cans and just, like, fucking <laughs> fall into bed. Can you imagine that? Oh, oh, man. Like, paparazzi of the queen, and she's just drinking, like, friggin' plays or something. <laughs> just some shitty torquey Canadian beer or something. Wow. I'd have a respect for it, to be honest. Yeah, it would be, you know, well, it's good she's enjoying that. Who knows? Dude, there's a, speaking of, like, shitty beers and that, there's a, there's a guy on Instagram, I don't know his name, but he's, like, uh, you know, we're, fi- we're talking about this niche, and yeah. he, like, he's going hard on, like, bush beer. He talks about, like, how to train, like, and drink beer, like how oh. to have them both in your routine and diet. And he like, it, I don't know if he actually is sponsored by Bush. Like, 
Bush is a pretty shitty beer, right? Yeah. And, like, he, again, he just fits the niche. He dresses like he's, like, an 80s dude, like, has a mullet and wears, like, 80s fashion. And uh, yeah. he's, pretty, he's pretty jacked in that. But he talks about, like, his niche is, like, talking about how how to integrate drinking beer into your, like, your macros, essentially. That's really interesting. What Have is, you... too, like, yeah. Have you ever seen that beer? Like, I've been looking for the recipe for a while. I'm sure it's easy to find, but, like, the monks that would go on fast, and all they'd do is, like, they'd make a specific beer that was high in carbs. Like, no. And that's all they'd do, and they'd, like, that's how they'd, they'd just drop, like, a shitload of weight on it. But obviously, that's what would happen, because fasting will do that. But, like, they'd brew the beer, and that's all they'd sustain themselves on for, like, 30 days. No, I don't know about this. It's it's pretty interesting. And then, like, I, man, I don't know how true it is, but... There's, like, I, I don't know, some indigenous people in Mexico, and this was, like, I don't know, like, a thousand years ago or whatever, and they they were known for being ultra runners. Um, You're talking and, about the Tarahumara. Yeah, and they'd, they'd, they'd have beer before, or they'd make right some here. sort of corn beer. Yeah. That's the book. Man, this book is unreal. Just yeah. Just a side note. Yeah. So I, I'm, like, I'm curious about how, like, what you could do to have beer work into your, your fitness routine. Cause that's, that's a pretty interesting way to look at it because you, aside from the inflammation you'd get from the alcohol, it would in theory work pretty well to like provide a lot of carbs for energy. Right. I mean, yeah. From a macronutrient level. Yeah. That's... Um, it, it is, it is interesting just to like nail it in the head and be like, people are going to drink beer. So I'm going to talk about how to integrate it. Yeah. Um, at the same time, like, you know, alcohol has been around for so long. I haven't studied alcohol, but like, you know, you and I both know from like an anthropological standpoint, it's been around for a really long time. And it's like, it's, I think it's a really, I think it can be a really important like culture aspect. Like mm -hmm. it's a great way to like celebrate or, create community or to, I don't know, integrate festivities and shit like that. Like, I don't know the last time I used the word festivities, but yeah, um, like just to bring people together more and like, yeah, celebrate. I think, I think, I think it's pretty important to be honest. I don't think going to the bar is important no. per se, but like alcohol is not just like a, like purely a, a stress coping mechanism. Right. No. And it's, yeah, I like, yeah, I was talking to someone about this the other day about how it's like you need to like kind of set rules for your life, but like don't go insanely too hard. And I think alcohol falls into that. Don't go too hard into it. Like don't go too hard as a binger, but don't go too hard unless you have addiction issues into like being able to just like casually have a drink or like have a drink with friends or whatever. That's you know? fair. Like how yeah. it's kind of. Like, like, there's a place for it, for almost, like, a lot of substances. I was thinking about nicotine, too, because um, I was listening to this interview with Aubrey Marcus. I know this this hops off the alcohol thing, but it got me thinking about nicotine. Um, mm -hmm. Well, A, Alex Hermosi's like, always has the, the nicotine gum going, and so does uh, Aubrey Marcus always has snooze pouches that he throws in when he's doing, like, his podcast and shit. He's always got the little tin beside him. And, like, snooze? I... Is that is that chewing tobacco snooze pouch? A snooze you, you order it from Sweden and it's like these little little pouches of tobacco and you throw them in your top lip. Oh. Yeah, gotcha. they're Yeah, they're pretty they're pretty interesting cuz it's like fermented or pasteurized tobacco so it's I don't know, the processing of it is a little bit better than like like I guess what you'd get here. There's not like fiberglass in it to rip your lip up. Like it's definitely still rips your lip up, but I used to work right. with a guy who really liked it. So it's like, it kind of surprised me when I saw every Marcus into it. Cause nicotine's like anything where it's like, it kind of, it does a number on your heart, just like any stimulant, but it's like really good for your brain, which is kind of just like a weird mix. At least if you, yeah. like, I just was researching nicotine for a while. So it's kind of, mm. I don't know. It's just interesting to see how that stuff works. I guess I guess it's important to like differentiate nicotine from cigarettes because cigarettes oh, yeah. are nicotine plus you know 150 other fucking chemicals. Oh yeah, and you light things on fire. There's like carcinogens and just like the smoke. Like there's yeah. a million other things, and you're taking anything into your lungs. It's just messy. But that is interesting. There was a 
<laughs> actually back to sort of combining these. I remember going into a gym uh, in Peterborough one time. This is pretty funny. I was looking at, um, yeah, I'll just keep the, the gym name absent just in case this is an, an issue or something. But I remember walking in to look at some some equipment and the there were some guys powerlifting and just like yeah. hanging out being social and they were having a beer like in between sets. Yeah. And I was like, Fuck, that's cool. Like, hmm. Uh, I never would have thought that like they weren't, you know, there wasn't like a pile of cans or anything, but they no. were definitely having like a social beer or two or something like that. And, uh, they were going for, I know that they were, they weren't going for, uh, dart breaks. They were, they, yeah, they were just, I, I guess something to do with nicotine. How else would you take nicotine? Probably chew, chew or they were just chewing. That's what it was. Yeah. So they were, he was like chewing in between sets and drinking beer. And, uh, I, I was like, Jesus, that's different. Yeah. But like, I don't know why, why he would have beer in between sets. If like what the kind of logic with, with that was, or. Yeah. It, the nicotine is a stimulant. Yeah. And, yeah. and when we did that 24 hour run in the shipping container, Tosh, mm. the guy that was on our like mentor board, you yeah. ended up participating. He, dude. I don't know if you, I don't know if you ever saw some of the pictures of this, or if there is a picture of this that would be public, uh, would be available to someone that wasn't there, but he was chewing tobacco in there. And I, I wasn't, I don't chew tobacco and yeah. whatever, but I remember looking in his shipping container and it looked like a fucking bear had t- taken a shit Yeah. in because he had chewed so much tobacco and like just spit it in a pile. Yeah. And I mean, it's just, yeah, it's a stimulant. So it helps. It's like, it that's, that's risky while you're running. Like in my head, all I think is, what if he swallows it? Like that's, that's what would scare me. Cause like, I just like getting nicotine sick, just like in the middle of a 24 hour run sounds terrible. Yeah. But this guy was in the Marines for like 12 years and like was a oh. heavily decorated guy. Oh. So like he, he's on a different level, but oh, he's a G I, yeah. 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 For you and I, like I wouldn't go on experimenting with fucking new stimulants in the dark alone. No. <laughs> No, I I wouldn't either. Yeah. You know what was interesting about that run um, is the fact that we had, like, I think I had, like, I had coffee in the morning, like a normal amount of coffee. Yeah. And then I think I had two Red Bulls, like, in the afternoon. Mm-hmm. And, man, the, the effects of light have, uh, I wouldn't have realized this because I've never been exposed to it quite like that, like, completely shut off of light for 24 hours. Yeah. Like I'm thinking like a last you go for a run in Alaska at a certain time and the, uh, like the actual like strength and power of the circadian rhythm based on light exposure is like, um, to me, it was like a little bit unbelievable. Like it was, it was hard to train for that because yeah, all of a sudden you're in the dark and your body would be registering like, Hmm, it's yeah. night. We're going to get ready for sleep. It's fucking dark. So we're wow. trying to like combat that with stimulants and like, we didn't do anything different in training other than training with a blindfold on, but yeah, it was like, like that was, that was really interesting to try to hack that without, you know, cheating. That's like, that's a tough one. You think about mm-hmm. that. It's like, you really can't train your body out of not like, like having to be aware of the dark. Yeah. I like, don't know how you would exactly. I I'd have no idea. There's like this this guy I was reading this book, uh uh Nathan Dallas or something. I don't know. He's he's a I don't know, he wrote this book called You're Too Good to Feel This Bad. It's just about like um Interesting. It's a good title. Yeah, it is actually. And it's just all about like I don't know, he pretty much hit burnout and he was talking about like all this shit he do- does now to like essentially keep himself from burning out again. Um yeah. but yeah, he was talking about how crazy is about training a circadian rhythm at night where it's like he has different light bulbs he keeps in his house. And I think you talked about that too. Yeah. Um, like you can... <laughs> totally. Dimmer the, the, lights and stuff. Yeah. I mean, I haven't gone to the point of like buying different bulbs, but you can essentially like the science is you want to have exposure as like you want to have bright light exposure or like blue yeah. light if you're inside or sunlight is obviously the best. We're, we're yeah. going back to nature. We are yeah. nature, um, but you want to have you you want to have as much 
overhead light is without it feeling like too much. Yeah. Like, and that's part of the reason why it's hard to like fall asleep in a hospital, right? With all the, all the overhead lights blasting on you, like light is a major contributor of how we regulate sleep and fatigue. Um, yeah. Which is why I usually get anxious when I'm in a hospital or a school at night. Like, yeah, not that it's very often, but just the amount of overhead light is just like, just wreaks havoc on me. So essentially anyone listening to this, if you want to try to be productive in the morning and you're working from home, you, there's a great podcast from uh, Andrew Huberman on this, but he talks about overhead light exposure. So like, I think it's the, uh, I think it's the bottom portion of your, or maybe I forget if it's the bottom or top portion of your eye, your retina that like um, gets feedback based on the amount of light and helps you stay more alert. Um, and I've been doing that ever since. So I've been like blasting. I've been turning, when I wake up now, I turn all the lights on in the house just to like keep me like awake. Right. Yeah. It's pitch black. I live in a basement. It's not natural sunlight coming in. I wake up before the sun too, but, um, and yeah. then at night there's like the simple hacks would be the easiest thing is like get some blue light blocking glasses. Then it's like dim your screens and or set them to night mode so that the pigment is different in the, in the, uh, display. And then, there's different bulbs you can get. And that would probably be the more extreme kind of version of that. And it's yeah. like changing bulbs, especially in the rooms that you're spending time in at night so that it doesn't emit the blue light. But I don't know anyone that actually does that. It's, uh, honest, honestly, like I've been, like I've been tracking my sleep with this, like, like my whip band. And I've been like, yeah. I, I've just put my phone away at night now. Like I give my, like I just put it away like 45 minutes before bed. I just throw it on charge in my office. Mm-hmm. And uh, my sleep qualities went up like a ton, like a lot. Just my phone, like I, I'll still might watch something on my iPad or whatever for ten minutes, but like, or I might watch something on TV. But it's like the phone is the worst. I think it's so close to your face. Mm. So you like, notice a difference. So all all you did there is just moved your phone out, so you're not yeah. on your phone at night, but you're still watching a screen. Sort of, yeah. The screen is like you know, yeah. I usually end up turning the screen off now. I'm like slowly training myself out of even wanting it near me. Yeah. Because at night I usually like, like just nighttime routine wise anyways, it's like I usually just like journal and then like I might do one or two emails and then bed now. Like, right. So hmm. it's kind of weird to, it's weird having all these things change. It's like, I don't know if I've talked to you about this, but it's like, there's so many things in life right now where I'm just like, I'll just cut them. I don't care anymore. It's like, I have to feel good all the time. <laughs> like, like, you know, so there's no point in, in doing something that's going to make my life bad. Man, that's great. Like just honest kind of cutthroat. Yeah. Personal like self care. <laughs> yeah. It's like, you know, there, there's obviously a fine line. Like I'll go out, I'll go out and hang out with friends late sometimes, but like, you know, it's like, is the risk reward worth it? Cause it's like, you know, I could right. literally be living a regimented lifestyle and, but then it's like, you realize you do that. You're never going to have a social life ever. Yeah. And, and like, I know you, like you talk about community a lot and like, I think a lot, like, I think that's something that's just become like either like listening to you. It's like, there's been a lot of weird coincidences in the last year for me. And it's like, you were talking about it. I feel like I've had like five other people just like talk about like, you know, how being social is important. So it's like, there, there has to be a trade off somewhere. It's like, yeah, I like, I'm okay with feeling shitty the next day. If I got to be social with friends, especially yeah. if I'm not like going out on a bender or something like, you know, if I'm going on a bender, it's like, that's 100% my fault. I completely chose to drink that much. I completely chose to do whatever that put me in a, like made me feel shitty, but like just going over to some people's houses and talking watching a movie going for a walk, whatever. Yeah. It's like, you need that shit or else you're never going to feel fulfilled. Man. (laughs) It's so true. It's like, what, like, does it make sense to try to optimize our life without looking at like fulfillment as part of that optimization? Like, what are we trying, like, what are we trying to optimize if we don't feel fulfilled? I don't know. Like that's, yeah. And you're gauging so much on other people's lifestyles. So it's like, everyone has to come to like a happy medium. So you you can't ever be like, well, you can't go to a friend's house that like someone who's on a, like they work all night or whatever. Like they work till four in the morning. Some people just do that, you know? And so they wake up at noon. So it's like, you can't expect to be like, well, 
I'm I'm going home at eight. Like you kind of have to be like, well, I'll stay till midnight. Like whatever. Like let's hang out for a bit. You know, like you just like no one's the same scene. You can't expect everyone to live your life. So it's always like, you know, account for fulfillment. I guess the the volatility of fulfillment. Yeah, <clears throat> which um, which I think. Oh, nice. There's a little bird outside. I think in some ways that we can look at fulfillment as just well-being too. Like, yeah, right. There was this. There was this really simple uh, survey. I listened to this podcast. I forget the woman's name. She her her kind of thing was looking at wellness in terms of, um, or what did she talk about? She talks about burnout. She talks about energy. I think it was like the seven. Uh, maybe it was like the seven way the seven different ways to restore. And like social was one of them. Spiritually was one of them. Yeah. Sleep was one of them. Yeah, recovery. Maybe it was the seven different types of recovery. And it was a more holistic and like zoomed out approach. But like being social was one of them. Like, so I kind of think about, I'm like, I don't know, man. We don't even know when we're going to die. Like, yeah, you can't just say like, you know, I'm going to train for this. And then, you know, I'm, I'm going to do this so that when I'm fucking 80, like I can have this life. It's like, dude, you might be, you might be gone in three weeks. So yeah, you can hit by a fucking uh, bus. Yeah. Like maybe don't go on pure benders. Like maybe don't yeah. again, like stay sort of on the straight and narrow as you're saying, like, don't go too extreme about it, but like, you know, maybe just try to enjoy what you're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, what was it? Probably about two months ago. I, I bought this book, uh, based on like an Aubrey Marcus recommendation called, uh, was it the way to love by Anthony DeMello? It's just like a lot of his thoughts from like meditation and shit. There's one chapter called men of violence. And it talks about just like constantly trying to push for the next level, trying to make more money, trying to like whatever your goal is. And like, all you do is you want to be better, but it's like, you're never going to get there. You're always going to fail. If that's your only, your only goal. Um, so it's like that's kind of what got me thinking. It's like what what's the like what's the point of it all? Like like where does it really matter? It's like you you want to do really good at what, be really good at what you do, but you're never going to be fulfilled. You're never going to feel good if that's all you put your mind to. You know, like like in the last month I've just started to like, you know, you set boundaries in your business, you set boundaries in like friendships, you set boundaries anywhere. Um, you know, it's like just to get to that fulfillment, you need to be strategic about that because like there's going to be no, you're never going to be satisfied if you only focus on that one goal. And that's like where your intensity goes to, you know, like, I don't know how to explain that. It's it's a weird thing, but it's like, there are types of people. And I think a lot of people in business, like you probably deal with it. I've probably, I, I deal with it a lot. I know where it's like, all you get hooked on is one goal and mm-hmm. you just can never get it. Like it just never comes because it's only that one goal because you're ignoring everything else in your life except that. Hmm. And it's like the fulfillment yep. has to come in other ways, like family, friends. Like you need to realize there's more to create a whole person than just one goal. Because you'll hit that goal and then you'll feel empty. I see what you're saying, yeah. Yeah. So I, I it's almost like um it's almost like carving out or or putting all this weight in achieving this goal and realizing once you achieve it that you know you're as as you said you're kind of empty inside like that goal it doesn't is not all encompassing that's just one maybe one aspect of yeah life i i can relate to that personally can you yeah has that ever happened to you yeah yeah you realize you get somewhere and you go what's what's the next thing like i don't know like i i know i was excited about trading crypto two years ago and i you know well even four years ago or five or whatever whenever i started 2017 and then like i got back in in 2018 or 19 or something i did well and i thought i'd feel excited and happy that i did well and i just like saw it and i was like this this is fine Mm -hmm. it's like i don't know and and i know derek from more plates more dates was talking about one of his affiliate uh people like a fitness kid and the kid does like yeah. half a million dollars a month in in like affiliate dollars from him like he just makes a shitload of money selling the gorilla supplements and the right. kid's like i should be happy that i'm buying like a lamborghini this month and i'm 22 like, I, like i'm just stressed out going to buy it like he's like i'm just not happy about yeah. it oh man <clears throat> what a big conversation hey eh? like 
I, I feel like this is something a lot of people face, maybe multiple times. I've, yeah. I've faced this too. This is something I'm writing about in this second book I'm putting out. Um, and uh, a part, part of what I reference is this book called The Second Mountain. My buddy RJ bought it for me. And yeah. uh, have you heard of that book? No, it sounds cool. It's really cool. And like the title is so good for it because you can think of like, okay, second mountain while well, there's a first. And like, that's exactly what this book is about is essentially in life. We generally aim towards, maybe I'll use this hand because that will make more sense to you. <laughs> so in life, our kind of initial major goals are on this first mountain. And they're generally yeah. things that we think are, you know, important for fulfillment and, you know, are the most gratifying. And when we get there, we, there's a sense of emptiness. So, um, and then after that, we dip into a valley and then a lot of us will come at the other side, maybe, I don't know, years later or decades later or months later, I don't know exactly. And we work towards this second mountain, which is a more deeply fulfilling, more like human, more gratifying, more, um, more human is really the way to say it because it's like, it's about helping people and about it's not about money. Like this first goal is generally like, you know, mat more materialistic. Yeah. And the second thing is like more deeply gratifying. Yeah. Connective. So I talk yeah. about that because I've fallen into that too. And when I was reading this book, I was like, where, where am I on this? And I think when I was reading it, I was somewhere in the Valley. I'd already peaked, so to speak, based on this analogy. Yeah. Where I was like working really hard towards, and I talk about it in the book. Um, where I was going for a uh, top trainer at good life. Yeah. And it was like a moment. To, so I end up whatever I earned that, or I won that, uh, top trainer of good life. And then, I mean, it was good, but like, to be completely honest, there was probably there, like, if I'm being completely honest and like really accurately reflecting, there was probably like a peak of, um, like 45 seconds where I was like, holy fuck, man, I can do anything I want to. Yeah. Which I think was really important for confidence. Yeah. But that was like a full year spending like on, as you worded it, like really intensely focusing on something, like becoming obsessed over it. Yeah. Um, like truly. Yeah. And yeah. then getting into this valley and realizing, oh my God, I, that's, I don't want to just try to do that again. Like that's not going to be fulfilling. Yeah, and you realize, like, to get there, it's like, you're like, I probably burned some bridges. Some people are probably annoyed because I canceled last minute. Some, like, like it's good. I can do it. Yeah, but, like, you know, now it's like, how can I essentially save time to focus on what's super important to me? Like, my business is important, really important, and you want your clients to be happy. You want to make sure everyone in your life is, like, well, in your business life is supported, but it's like, like how can I do that? But then it's like, I also need to make sure I like, I look after the people that are important to me and the things that are important to me. Cause like a year away from hobbies, a year away from going into dinner, a year for, away from like not drinking kind of could be, you know, it's like, you just feel there's nothing yeah. it's lonely. Like I had a mentor tell me, he's like, it's lonely at the top. He's like, um, you know, he's, he's a top producer at a, in commercial real estate. And he's like, He's like, I take the subway alone in the morning and I come home alone because I make my hours because I'm in before everyone and I'm home, like, probably later than everyone. He's like, and it's like, yeah, that, like, that's fine in business, but it's like after, it's like, you got to make sure you have your, your boundaries from there, you know? It's like, there's a yeah, fine line. Yeah, and I think it's doing just like a, a check-in to be like, you know, is this where I want to be? Like, is, like, that's, that's his life. So, yeah, exactly. Is that... Is that is that what he wants to be doing? And maybe the answer is, yeah, like he might be like, you know, I wouldn't trade it for anything, yeah. but maybe he's pretty fucking lonely and that sucks. Like to yeah. be, you know, perpetually lonely, man. I, uh, I had an ayahuasca experience where, um, I don't know, a year ago. And one thing I came out of that was with, was something I didn't even go with, go in trying to uncover. Um, like I went in with these, really strict and uh, not strict specific intentions which is what i thought yeah i was supposed to do have you done ayahuasca by the way no it's it's no. been i i it's, it's been on the list it's yeah like soonish eventually we're gonna soonish. look into it yeah like later today maybe tomorrow maybe know, tomorrow maybe. yeah i'll wake up just say let's go full <laughs> send in this one oh man um 
So I went in with these specific intentions of, you know, trying to be open, but trying to be, you know, purposeful, I suppose. And like, I came out with complete, something completely different. And that's like the power of this medicine. Yeah. Uh, And I came out realizing that like, you know, I was more lonely at the time than I, I think had openly felt or connected to. And I realized that my ancestors, like these people that are, uh, in my, in my like heritage that are either alive or are not, we're connected. So yeah. like, whatever, what I realized was like, I'm not alone, even if I'm alone, like, yeah. And it was like really profound. So yeah. that's wild. <laughs> that's like a weird one. You probably, yeah. You're like, I always think about like, I, I bet if I went into that situation, I'd probably be like, how can I be a better leader or something like that? And I'd probably walk away with, uh, I, I have no idea. Like that's Something completely different. Maybe, yeah, right? exactly. Like it's, um, it's a fascinating one to start diving into like the psychedelic world of like, I don't know, just your, your mind puts you in weird spots where it's like, I think speaking about what you're saying, where it's like, you know, you're alone, but you always have people around or it's like, yeah, you got to find that, that balance between complete, like loneliness, but it's like that extra time. If you have extra time that has to be with people, like there's no being alone all the time leads to fucking dangerous things. Humans are too social to not like just cut off from everyone. That's why this hustle culture is like absolutely just dumb. Like I love it. I love working all the time. It's just work smarter, not harder at this point. Yeah, dude, I, I hear you that, um, I've totally fallen into the slump of that, like hustle culture before too. And I think, I think for me, like I I've said this before and like now I'm trying to sort of like believe it hundred percent Yeah. and it's like replace work harder or replace work smarter with just be intentional. Yeah. Yeah. It, like it's not revolutionary. It's just like a, just a phrasing. It's like a different phrasing of like you, like in this moment, what do I need? Like if I'm, you know, if I'm really lonely and tired, like, do I need to like work smarter? It's like, maybe I need to be intentional about something else. It's almost just like live if you can have more self-awareness like that's gonna trump working harder or that's my thought anyway i yeah i I think so i think just being conscious of your own existence is probably important like i don't know i there was a point where like it, it occurred to me a while ago like i don't know maybe six weeks ago and i and i put this post a note on my desk where it says am i present or am i stressed or like what's going on um because like this, this hit me a while ago. Like I was like fucking, I was like I just get hit with these brain fogs. Like I get blocked up, overwhelmed, whatever. And then I was like, this is like I like I don't like this diagnosis at all. Like I I have my own opinions on that. And I don't want to dive into this too far. But um, sure. so I have like uh, like ADHD, and I was like I don't like I frankly I don't really. I'm like I could probably change my diet and work out more, and I probably wouldn't notice it. Um, but anyway, so so I like. I've always had like a pretty good diet. I'm like, but okay. So it's like, that makes sense why I'm feeling overwhelmed. So it's like, so how can I deal with that? It's like, I just have to step back for 45 seconds. It's like, you can't, you need to be like, understand where you are and where you're at in the world. Because like, if you're, if you're susceptible to having like being like overstimulated with five or 10 things going at a time, like just don't exist that way. Like just, say you're going to do one thing and sure you might piss someone off because they're going to get something late, but it's kind of like you want it done or right or wrong. Like I can do a lot of things fast, but not very well. Dude, I think you nailed it. Like, I don't, I don't know how to say it better than that. It's like, you're just, you're basically just saying you become self-aware and like include check-ins with that and take ownership over the check-in. Like if you're feeling like overwhelmed, like, you know, you don't have to live that way. Like that's not, like that's there's no one that's saying like that is your life that's just you know what you're experiencing in that moment you can change that and like i experience that sometimes too oh yeah it's it's on me quit looking at the screen like go outside for five minutes like things are fine like do and do anything else in what you're doing and you'll probably be better yeah there's yeah there's a lot of powerful tools to change mindset like holy shit like man let's talk about some of these that would be probably pretty cool honestly things do you have anything? Oh like yeah, you work, dude. You work in an office most of the day. You work on a yeah. computer. 
I mean, a lot of us do. I'm technically in the same realm as you. Yeah. What are some things you do that when you're not feeling optimal, you, uh, what are some tools? What are some takeaways? Sunlight. Honestly, sunlight's key. Just go outside. Don't get rid of your phone. Hands down, take Instagram off your phone. Same with Reddit. Throw it. Take everything that's going to distract you or get you overstimulated off your phone. Wherever you can access it quick, don't do it. That's the key. The Instagram had to come off my phone too. Reddit's gone. All of it. My phone's literally a calling machine, an email machine now. That's all it is. Mm, gotcha. Yeah, I okay. looked at my screen time. I'd stay on from like, I could spend four hours a day on Instagram easy. I think I spend like maybe an hour and 20 minutes on my phone in total now. Whoa, man. That's great. Yeah. Fucking nuts. Yeah. Yeah. So I, yeah, I'll throw Instagram back on to check metrics and stuff, but I usually delete it after about 15 minutes. So yeah, it's a pain in the butt, but it keeps that's you from real, getting in trouble. A, that's a cutthroat self-care practice. Yeah. I, I don't know. It's like, yeah. But, but regardless, just getting outside or focusing on your breath. Those things are two things that I like really help or yeah. step back for a minute and just start writing what you're thinking. And then you realize how stupid the shit you're thinking about is. And then you go, you, you do that. Yeah. I have That's so many great. post-it notes everywhere just of what I'm thinking about in the moment. And then I go, this mm. is like just ridiculous. Like, I like that. You I like that check. idea of the sticky notes. Yeah. When it's, when it's written down, you realize how stupid your thoughts are. Or or really smart, and you're like, well, that's good. That's out of my brain now. Just post it in the journal, and I'll write. I'll write about it later today. Right. Yeah. It's like yeah, because mm. a lot of times, like um, in this one Osho book I read, he's talking a lot about your thoughts being like a river. They should just be going flowing by. You shouldn't really stick to them. So how do you how do you keep your your flat, your thoughts fluid, your feelings or your anxieties fluid? At least that's mm -hmm. what my perception of what he wrote was. So right. keeping things fluid, everything has to be like a river. Yeah, I mean, that's probably a pretty good analogy just with, you know, the fact that we're, you're referencing nature, which is, will always win. It will always be there. Yeah. Like, so it's, it's triumphant. And yeah. there's something, I don't know, just like what water represents. It's like, it's ubiquitous it's flowing it's it's free it's like yeah dude i don't know it's energy yeah it's it's everything it's yeah fucking a great analogy yeah and you know those thoughts can get kind of caught in the side and a little bit they might get jammed up in the rocks and you got to think about how to let them loose yeah so it's i, I don't know it were it works kind of well like it's all about perspective with most things because like that's what that's what blows my mind is like it's all just freaking perspective like there could be something I could be like, like just couldn't figure out my life for months. And then someone goes, oh yeah, you just got to think about it as like, uh, I don't know. They just throw some weird like perspective at me and I'm just like, oh, oh yeah. Like, you know, that's not a problem <laughs> yeah. anymore now. Yeah. Yeah. That's the, well, that's the power of a uh, community too. And just being social. It's like, sometimes it's like just getting, like getting the shit out of your head. And like, sometimes it's, sometimes it's nothing. Right. Sometimes yeah. it's just thought. It's like, Cool. All right. Yeah, exactly. But another tactic is if you have time, go to the gym. Hard cardio always works. Hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a. Well, obviously, I agree with you on that. Or yeah. you know, get into a fitness routine of some sort, whether it's like doing you know five minutes of yoga a day or. Yeah, man, the stretch. Getting, getting fit has become so accessible. Like it, it's always been extremely accessible. Like if you have a body, you can do something. Yeah, and most people live near a school, so there's, like, the playground they can hop on, like the jungle gyms. You need to get somewhere to do chin-ups at least. <laughs> yeah. No, it's true, right? But I'm even thinking, like, people that are not totally able-bodied or people that oh, yeah. are, you know, severely overweight or people that are, you know, like, uh, chronically depressed or totally alone. It's like... Yeah. Um, like, it's it's still, like, fitness is still something they have access to. Like, you can raise your arms over your head. Like, do that. Yeah. 20 times like and pr pretty much anything that's that's a beauty thing man mark bell is talking about it's the same thing like and he's not revolutionizing this but you know he's a record-setting power lifter and now he's talking about like adding in 10 minute walks a day and it's yeah. like yeah like mo most of us are capable of walking mm -hmm. 
it's but it's like changer. what does that walking represent yes it's calories yes it's steps but it's like also it's outside exposure and it could be sun exposure and it could be like not being on your phone and it could be like paying attention to nature and it could be like clearing your head and it could be like seeing other people and oh it, yeah like it's all of these other things it's not about the fucking walk no it's yeah like, it's fitness like... Isn't re- like exercise for a lot of people isn't about fitness a lot of the time it's no. about like coping so that life gets a little bit easier yeah i think right yeah i think yeah overall like if you're you know, if you're trying to get stronger, I guess that is making life easier because you're not as weak. But if some people's goal is just like, I want to be able to run one kilometer or something like it's all baby steps. And it's a really subjective way to like, there's a lot of sub- like, it's very subjective with the goals. Like it all depends on the person. It all depends on what their goals are. And every goal is achievable. Like, like everything can be just as hard to get to. Like me wanting to hit a 400 pound squat is, can be just as hard for someone to run two kilometers like right it's all in perspective mm-hmm. you know like it's not i don't know yeah and, and it's and I, I you know what that that's a weird one too where it's like the way maybe i even thought about it at one point is like you can't compare in fitness like everyone's goals are their own goals because i'm not yeah. trying to be you and you're not trying to be me and i'm not trying to be my neighbor across the street like everyone's What's going to make you operate better and make life easier? Yeah. I think that that's, yeah, I don't think that that's an oversimplified sort of definition of why we exercise or why we do fitness. I think it's to make something easier. Hell yeah. That's pretty cool. It's kind of nice when you talk about something and like, you just sort of like strip the fat and you get to like, what is this actually? (laughs) Yeah. It's, you realize there's nothing crazy going on in life. It's like, this all is just a, a part of existence and it's all a part of the same cycles that go on for everyone. My problems yeah. are no more complicated than anyone else's. Yeah, man. My, uh, my Nana said this when my Papa died and you know, my Nana was like, you know, I think 79 or 80 when she said this. So she, she's, she has lived, she had lived quite a bit up until then. And she said, we're all lost together. Yeah. And That's, I was uh... like, I, I got that tattooed on me. Cause I was like, geez. Yeah. That's a smart, that's a good way to look at it. Um, yeah. In a weird way. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, it, it makes a lot of sense. I like that. Yeah, man. That's the, the profound wisdom. The, uh, well, that- that's the 80 year old woman coming out in, uh, that that's an 80 year old woman, right? It's one thing if, a. I think it was all context. Like it was during like the initial grieving process. So it was yeah. purely like, you know, it was purely a, an embodied sense of something. And I think that that's why it was so profound to me, but it is like a pretty profound thing to think about. Mm-hmm. Like no one has it figured out. Even when they have it figured out, we're all faking it. Like somewhat we're all latching onto something like back to this niche, like knees over toes or fucking raw meat. It's like, these things are working. They're not the only thing that would work. Yeah. Um, necessarily. Uh, it's just like, we want to try to be, we want to try to help more people. We want to try to make more money. We want to try to get attention. We want things to be easier. So we're, we got to stick to something. Cause if it's all totally fucking random stuff, then it's hard to buy into that. Like what you said, it's like, what am I even, what am I relating to? Yeah. Just packaging it up and creating a good community to work with. Like, mm-hmm. which I know sounds a little scammy and markety, but at the end of the day, it does work. It's like, there's a strategy to like that you can collectively work towards using and find your tweaks and shit that work for, I don't know, making you a better person. Yeah. It's wild. Life is wild. It's an odd. It, it's crazy. I don't know. I was thinking about this. The internet makes things crazy. So much connection, and I don't know. It's wild. Yeah, yeah, it is wild, man. Um, what do you think? Does that like feel about good? life or what? No. <laughs> <laughs> 
I'm just gonna casually slide that question in there and yeah. no, I like does that feel good to wrap it up? Oh yeah, I think we're good. <laughs>